everyone to another episode of the tkw podcast we're your hosts i'm anthony corbo and i'm kyle maggio and today we're joined by the artist formerly known as snotty drippin we got james holis here what's up what up bro i didn't think you'd actually say it no that's... i, I would have lost that bet yeah yeah well it looks like i lost out on some money then um <laughs> <laughs> all right so we have we've reached that point in the season uh, after two consecutive losses to the Brooklyn Nets this week. The Knicks have clinched a losing record for the fourth consecutive season. It's exquisite, really. Yeah, it's good work. It's an art. It's uh, Phil Jackson's mastery. It's, it's that's uh yeah, it, it is pretty impressive that a team can just can be what it is for so long and still be like that team somehow. Yeah. It's like the Spurs of losing. Yeah. You know, if you really think about it, it's uh, the model of consistency just on the opposite end of the uh, spectrum here. So we're getting there. They screwed it up. They screwed it up for a little while in the early, you know, in 2011, 2012 ish when they, when they actually made the playoffs and mellow like an MVP candidate, but they got right back to it. Yeah. That's impressive. That takes dedication. Well, that's kind of like, I do, when I'm looking back at this all, because now we're getting to the end of the season, we can get kind of introspective here. When I'm looking back at all this and I see, uh, you know, we had those like two or three good years in there, I'm glad we at least gave Melo a little bit of prime time, like a little bit of prime time glory. We ripped it straight away from him, though, but he had a little bit of prime time glory with the Knicks, so. But see, that's almost like having a, a girlfriend who's, uh, you know, she's not a good girlfriend. She comes in late all the time. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she, she, she straightens up for like a year mm-hmm. and you, she's perfect. And then she goes back to being a, a piece of crap. And so it's almost worse to like to never have exp- to, to have it yeah, you know, I, given to you and I taken wonder, away than just never have would, it before. It, is Mello yeah. the girlfriend or is the Nick's a girlfriend in this scenario? Was that? Maybe Phil's the girlfriend. Um, no, no, no Mello's the girl. He was here. Mello was here first. Mello's the girlfriend. Mello's the girlfriend. I think. Well, no, I think see, in, this case, Mello, in this case, Mello's the guy and, you know, his girlfriend straightened up. So, yeah, I guess I guess Phil James Dolan. James Dolan. Mello's going from girl to girl. Oh, yeah. yeah Mello's got Dolan. Mello's got like he had like D'Antoni. He had Woodson. He's got, you know, we got Fisher. We got Rambus. We got a lot of X's for for uh, Mello running through here. But. I don't know. Maybe he just can't. He's got to find a steady woman somewhere. It's not. Well, here. it's 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 partly Melo's fault though. He's part of it, right? He's uh, he, yeah. He 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 allows it to happen, and he's 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 actually part of the problem. So we can't really just you know we can't feel sorry for him. Well, look, any I can look back on any argument I've had with my girlfriend, and I'm at least part of the problem for it too. Fair, fair, fair. So uh, for, I'm more just shocked. I mean. We all know the Knicks are bad at this point. That's not a surprise. But to lose two against the Nets, I mean, even in a season where I'm actively rooting for the tank now, to lose two against the Nets is just kind of baffling, you know? That's actively tanking, To look worse than the Nets, it says a lot. And to do it twice in a week? That says a real lot. This has to be an active tank then, right? There's like They're not pulling any punches at this point. If you're losing twice against the Nets... No, no, let's not. I'm not letting you off the hook. They're not. They're They're out there trying. They're trying. 
They're just bad. Like, I can't let them off the hook. They're bad. They're that bad. Yeah. And it, I even asked this question when they're losing the first game against Nets. I was, I was like, is this rock bottom? And a lot of Knicks fans chimed in on Twitter and like, oh no, no, no. We these guys are excavators and they're uh, they're like, they're, they're, whatever you think the bottom is, they're gonna go through that bedrock and go deeper. And then they lost the second game to the Nets too. So well, what do you, they're still digging? Well, yeah. What do you think of all? Because you're a Celtics fan. I mean, there has to be some part of you that you look over at this and you're just like, you, you kind of love it a little bit, right? So um, it's past that, okay? I, I, because you know when when we were in the playoffs, we used to. Uh, and you know the Nets, the Knicks actually, you know, they, they eliminated the Celtics a few years back, and you know I got I called the grief and I deserved it. You know it was, it was a good series, um, and so I, I I didn't rejoice in their downfall, but you know I'm like all right, well good for them. They're 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 uh you know they're they're an, our, our opponent, they're a, uh, a nemesis. So yeah, but it's to the I feel sorry for Knicks fans. Yeah. You know? I re, and I'm not trying to be funny because they deserve better than this, man. It, it, every year it's the same thing every year, and, and they start off with so much optimism. And, you know, oh, we signed this guy, that guy. Last year, I think, was the first time I, I even I was like, okay, it looks a lot better. That You know, they, they made some good moves. Um, you know, yep. you had Lopez and you had – it looked like it was on the way up. And yeah. sure, you know, people got hurt. And they lost. And so then this year when they made those – and I said, no, not Noah. No, not okay. Rose. Okay, And they did it. And, and so even the, – the only reason, like, I, the only kind of satisfaction I get is because people were telling me, oh, we're going to be a playoff team this year. What do you mean we can't be a top four team in the East? And I, and they were like, you know, kind of attacking me for not believing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just you just a hater. So I'm not a hater. These just aren't good moves. I feel that every year too. I, I, it's like every year I'm like, this team could be a top four team without a doubt. Like when I look at the rosters when they open up, I'm like, I don't necessarily believe that this fits into the vision or this is best for the build or anything like that. But I'm like, I, this team could be a, you know, a playoff team. You know, somewhere between four and eight. But my lord. I thought they were going to be bad. I thought they were going to sneak in as the eighth seed. I thought either uh, Miami or Charlotte was going to fall out, which Charlotte did. But then uh, Miami didn't. Miami didn't. They had they've had an incredible run here after it looked like they were going to go through a tank year. They did but, fall out for you know, a while, but my Spolster God. is just a wizard over there. And uh, yeah, I just figured I got like things half right. I didn't think the team would be that bad, but I thought Derrick Rose would be better offensively. I didn't expect much defensively. I figured you get like 50% out of Joakim Noah, just like passable. And that didn't even come close. Like, I think he said like 10 good rebounding games out of the 40 something he played, 50 something he played. But like, there was no defense, no offense, nothing else. Like, that's it. I mean, when a player starts breaking down to think that you could somehow reverse field and he'll start getting better again as he gets older, that's what I didn't understand about Noah. He's already shown every year for the last couple of years, he starts breaking down about halfway through the season. And uh, yeah. what was going to be different this year, you know, and this from the outside looking in, I get Knicks fans would be uh, optimistic and people in Chicago like him. I like him as a player, but I just we, we've seen it. It's like he's he's been broken by Chicago. Yeah. What would mm-hmm. change this year? Nothing. I, I didn't see what people thought. And with Derrick Rose, we knew the score. We know he's not going to defend. Yep. Um, and my main my main thing coming to this season for the Knicks was it should be all about Chris Porzingis, And it's not. It's not. And that's what pisses me off, because. He can be a generational type talent. He should be up there. We should be talking about him like we talk about Carl Anthony Towns right now, and we're not because he's not the focus. It's always about let's chase his playoffs, and it, that, that pisses me off for Knicks fans. And you know what's really funny about the Chris Stapp's point, too, is that the focus is not about him at all, at all. With this season, it was not about him. And at all. At all. At all. And, and despite that, that and I, that's why I think we, we've been going back and forth about is this season uh, like a sophomore slump for him, in a sense. And I, and I find it funny because... It is, but at the same time, he's averaging over 18 points a game, and he's still ranking amongst the tops in elite uh, for uh, rim protection. So it's like 
he's developing as a scorer, even though they're not helping him to develop, which is kind of a good sign for him individually, despite the bad signs from the franchise. But and then the the rim protection shows that if you actually play him in the right position, you play him where he's going to be successful, he can be damn good at it. And that's what's frustrating because this season's sort of an enigma in that sense is that like he's still doing good things despite, you know, but he should be doing great things. Well, here's what I, and they didn't put him in that position. Here's what I don't understand. So they, they bring in Hornacek that I thought would be really good for, for uh, you know, Chris Optum for developing his offense, things like that. You know, give him a more run and gun, freewheeling kind of style to go. I don't, I just, at this point in the season, you got nothing left to lose. You've already clinched your losing record for another year in a row. You know, why aren't you trying to tailor everything towards this guy? Why is it all about the triangle right now? Why is it about, you know, trying to teach these mini camps and bringing Phil back into the reins here and giving him some more power? Like, I, I don't understand why we're not trying to build and optimize more for Kristaps and we're just stuck in this freaking triangle. It, um, and this is why, uh, my, my guy over at B-Ball Breakdown, Jesse Blanchard, asked this question. In five years, which franchise do you, do you believe in, uh, will be in a better place? And he put the Nets and the Knicks. And I had to say the Nets. And everyone said the Knicks because they already have that franchise player. They already have an asset while the Nets can't get assets. I don't think people really re- respect how, how much culture and chemistry matter. And I think yeah. the Nets are doing a better job right now of instilling a culture to that franchise. While the Knicks have, have ignored that. They yep. get players in, but they ignore actually building some kind of uh, uh, accountability some kind of work ethic into their team, and every year it shows. Yep. And until I they do, do that, I, which it's not, they're not going to do while James Dolan is there, and I, I think while Phil's there, it's not going to change. Until they actually do that, it's I I, I feel bad, but nothing's going to change there. The faces will change in there, but we'll see by March and April every year will be this exact same thing. I do agree with uh, what you're saying about the Nets because I, I think. Um, Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson have been really, really good over there. That that Jackie Mack piece was incredible, yeah. by the way, because we kind of overlook and forget the Nets a lot, but that was a good deep dive and exactly what you were just talking about, uh, James, because uh, the culture change is important. You got to start somewhere. You got to like start with a mentality and then, you know, you'll always be able to sign players. You'll always be able to offer money and contracts and things like that. So mm-hmm. the, the culture change is what's important because guys want to be a part of that. They have options everywhere, every year. You know, it's about choosing the best fit for a workplace. So right. I, I agree. It's it's unfortunate because Chris Tapps can only do so much on his own, you know, at, at this he juncture. He can. And, uh, yeah, there's no there's no re- excuse for him having the third most uh, shot attempts on that team. There's no excuse for, for, you know, some games he has 12 shots in rows and Melo have, like, 20 shots each. There's no excuse for that, man. No. And I get it. It's, you know, you, can, you don't just dictate in basketball, hey, everybody gets as many shots. But that's just—it's a deep systemic thing in New York that something, something has to change. And I feel bad for Hornacek because I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a, a big enough personality to thrive in the in the Knicks. So he might be doomed already. I think he, which is, I mean, part of the course at this point. Yeah, I think with him, it's like his personality would work fine with everything else around him, right? Like he is a breath of fresh air compared to the you know the Dolan and the Phil like conundrum we've been stuck in for the last couple of years, but. You're right mm-hmm. in saying that he's just not loud enough or, like, I guess maybe enough of, like, a vocal leader to, like, be the guy that leads him out of this, like, incredibly At the beginning of the culture. year, I thought he might be, though. And then it ended up with uh, – because he was speaking out kind of against the triangle and about, well, our guys are kind of made to run and, and they're going to get up and down the floor. And, and that was sort of encouraging initially. And then, I mean, the results were 14 and 10 to start the year. We keep going back to that. But 
Um, after that, everything took a tailspin. And now we're at the end of the year and he's talking about the triangle again, sort of like being the company man, trying to save his job, you know, oh, well, you know, the triangle could be a selling point and all this other crap. And, and that, that's kind of what lost me there. Cause I was like, it, it, this is conflicting to begin the year. You, you knew what you had, uh, for any chance of this team being successful, it was, it was going to be to run and to score and to be somewhat efficient. No one was going to defend. We knew that, but, uh, he kind of got away from that. And now he's just kind of saying the old company lines and that's kind of discouraging, you know, cause I thought we finally well, had something. I think the problem there is like when you have a personality as big as Phil and as do- big as Dolan, even if they say, Hey, we're hands off, they're never hands off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Phil. It's known that he's just a triangle guy. Anything he says is going to carry more weight than anything Hornacek says. So even if he's saying, Hey man, I'm hands off. I know the triangle. It, yeah, I think Phil Phil as a front office guy is just it's not it's never going to work because he's his 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 personality and aura is just too big and it's going to dominate the landscape. Um, yeah. And unless they had a coach of the same who could push back against that, and and I don't see who's out there like that. So it's tough, man. It's I, and I really do. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not. There's no shade. There's no. I'm not making jokes. I feel bad for Knicks fans. No, nah, because it's been I, years, and I, and I know you guys are tired of this. And now Chris Depp's going to year three, and he seems like his 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 growth has been retarded some, and and that sucks because he's such a great player. He has all the tools to be just all star, and yeah. and to see that anything can hold him back, just even if it's just a little bit, you know. Sure, he's shown growth, but the fact that he, we're not seeing the best that we can see from Chris Depp just sucks. Because as an NBA fan, I want to see that guy really take off. So let's yeah. say let's say we have we're not gonna Dolan's gonna say where he is obviously as the owner. Phil's not Obviously, going anywhere because yeah. he's not he's not going to opt out. He has no other jobs anywhere else in the NBA, so he's not going anywhere. And Hornchek's not going anywhere for the time being. What Maybe. what can we change? Maybe. We all know the, the the coach is always the easiest one to go. So yeah, I think he I think he's got though. another year, like at least you know another season, half I, I season half. maybe. Like I say, a half. He's not going yeah. anywhere this summer. I don't think. They'll let him get through camp next year, and then they'll see right. how the beginning of the year starts. If it all goes to shit, he's the first one out. But, we all know that. All right, so, so I'm going to say this: all that, fired but. All that in place. Oh, what was that? What, what do we change? I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. He's getting fired like, in because they're not going to be good next year, probably. He's not getting through next okay. year, I don't think. I just, I just, I don't know if, I don't know if it's like, because I don't think it's, it starts and ends with Hornacek. I think he's the one guy you keep around for a good amount of time. I just, well, I, I just, ideally, but... I don't see like where, I mean, other than player change, there's just nowhere else for the culture on this, on this team to change. You know, it sucks. Um, it, it does start with the coach, though. And it's the coach in the front office being in lockstep, right? They sit down together and they come up with a plan of, hey, this is our short-term future. This is our long-term future. This is how we get there. Um, like like you said, Sean Marks and, and uh, what's the guy, Kenny the coach's Atkinson. name? Atkinson. Atkinson. Yeah, they obviously are just in tune with everything they're doing together, right? And losses, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? They're losing a lot. But the team really believes those guys come out and play hard every night. And yep. that, that starts at the coaching level every day in practice, every day when they're around mm-hmm. each other, everything, the front office, they have to be in unison and the, the Knicks have, are never in unison like that. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. that's, that's where it becomes, there's no focus for the team. And then halfway through the year, it's all unravels and everybody's kind of doing whatever. Yeah. You know, like that's one thing about Boston Ainge and, and Stevens are in lockstep. And, and I was all in for the tank initially when we made the playoffs the first year. Right. I was hoping to get this talent. But no matter what, it's it's worked out, and now Boston is the number two team in the East. Um, they're winning fifty something games this mm-hmm. year. Like yep. this is a successful franchise. We're not, we're st- and we're still a piece away or whatever. But that it starts at the front office, just stability. preaching, pre- yeah, stability, preaching the same thing every day. This is what we're doing. These are our goals. These are our tenets. 
you know, work hard, accountability, something like that. And the Knicks don't seem to have that. It's just kind of like they're just the, the 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 inmates are just running around, just kind of doing whatever. And the you know the Phil uses these broad terms, and he's the big picture guy. There's nobody every day just driving the same the same uh, message to the players every day. No one's doing that. It seems. Yeah. So and and that and that comes from hey, I I I put a big a, a lot of onus on Melo when he when you're the franchise face. I get it. He's not that much of a a vocal like in your face kind of leader guy, but they need that guy. And there's no in the locker room like that. That dude got you know thrown I mean? through the ringer this year though. I mean, like, look at he all did. that, he all did. that bad press that came out on Melo, all the misdirection that Phil was trying to throw him through. It's like, how can you not just shut up after a while kind of deal? You know, it's... But I, he was never that guy, though. Melo was, was never, never that, that guy. guy. So That's I get right, what you're yeah. saying. But I just, it's yeah, just I, I feel saying, bad from this season. I'm going to actually put the onus on Phil then, because you're right. I, I, I totally forgot about how Phil kept playing those stupid little games yeah. and... You know, use the media. That was horrible. He put through right? that's, so and that's probably It's ridiculous. That's where everything really went bad because, again, chemistry is such a fickle thing. Mm-hmm. And, it and you know, yeah, you got an a owner who's just undermining your team like that. It's, I mean, a, a front office guy. It's, you, you can't expect that to be a, 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 a healthy environment for, for winning. Yeah, I totally, I totally so, agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So this season's a wash. We know that. Let's, let's kind of look forward. Knicks don't they don't have too many free agents uh after this season, like their own guys. Ron Baker's a restricted dude, and then there's like Justin Holiday, Derek Rose, and Sasha. Somehow Endor is still on this team, but um hmm. so uh, I don't know, what do we think? What, what can we change up in the roster moving forward? Is there any free agents that are sticking out to you guys that we should resign or we should be uh looking to go after? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Rose is just gone. You think Rose is right? gone? No, no chance of he's taking him be. back. He's got to be. I mean, it's he. He's that one player that it's like the numbers look okay, but we know he's not helping the team. Yeah, man. definitely not helping the team. You win. know, he's just kind of. I think he's probably responsible for keeping us to this point and you know getting us at least twenty wins. But I, yeah, but he's all that, offense. That, he's all offense. It's, yeah. He's all offense, and like um, I was just I was looking over that Nets the last the loss in Madison Square Madison Square Garden against the Nets, and sure, uh, Lynn had worse numbers, but uh, Lynn's fingerprints were all over that game. Mm-hmm. You yep. know what I'm saying? And there's certain factors of of being a player that don't show up in numbers. And hey, I'll just read the quotes from the the Nets played after the games, and they, and one of the kids was like, yeah, you know. I think Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's like, yeah, when you know, Lynn's just an inspirational kind of guy, and it rubs off on all of us, and we all just follow his lead. There's nobody in Nick's locker yeah. room like that, you know what I'm saying? And sure, Lynn's not a great player, but the fact that even on a team like this, they can turn to him and he can lead them right. to a win over. He's finally getting you know, a chance to be a that leader. That says something. Yeah, so it it says something. If he had played more this season, Nets would have had probably like ten more wins. I'm not saying they've been great, but they'd been a lot better. I looked at no, there was that, a stat that, or something fair. like that. He's like, I think they're like six and like twelve, like with him on the court, and they're like six and like thirty seven with him without him playing. So he's yeah. been a so huge they'd, they'd have been them, yeah, they'd been bad. They, just, they wouldn't have been anywhere near as bad if he'd played. Right. So, um, so yeah, yeah, Rose just you gotta just let him walk. I mean, I guess he get, unless he gives you a super duper discount, which I doubt he will, because he he thinks he's getting paid. Yeah. He still thinks he's a elite player. So yeah, so I, I I agree with you. I don't want him back on the team. I just like I'm very concerned about the options that are out there instead. It's like Jeff T, yeah. George Hill, and Drew Holiday, right? Like those are the three. And who there's the chance of getting I mean, any of them? Are I look, I throw a lot of money at Drew Holiday. I, I know that he's been injured and whatnot, but I just would. Yeah. I, I would. He, I, he, I he's, I he's all around good. It was he, a Jeff Teague, Drew Holiday, George Hill. George Hill. George Hill. George Hill's a little yeah. old now. 
He is, but he's still really good. But yeah, he is good. I think Drew is definitely the best out of that that mm-hmm. crop, and and Teague is the worst out of that crop. So I mean, I mean, and then I guess you hopefully you're gonna draft your uh, your your point guard of the future this year, right? Yep. And then it just goes back to like you know, I'm not saying Jaron Grant was anything special, but I'm just saying that he could have you know instead of going and trying to redraft another point guard for the future this year, we could have had a guy in year three already that's starting to come around at least could hold the fort down for a little bit. You know, he could have been like yeah, kind of like yeah. what Tony Douglas was doing a couple of years ago. At least try to develop him, you know. Give yeah. him a shot. You got to see what you have to uh, when you draft a guy. You got to see what you have with him. He got buried, yep. and then he got a couple of chances, and then we shipped him out to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, and then like giving a young guy just a couple chances. Hey, let's see what you got. That's not enough, right? You got to you no. got to you got to consistently give him looks over a long period of time to get him comfortable, get him rhythm. And so that's what the Knicks never did with 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 Grant. So it, that's it. Yep. So I kind of the only, I guess the only name on here, there's two. Of Ron Baker, I don't know what his rights are looking like or what the Knicks can throw at him to keep him around. But I don't know. I'd imagine him getting a couple of offers. I don't know how big the Ron Baker bubble is outside of New York, really. But um, yeah, hoping we can keep him around too. And Justin Holiday too has looked really good this year. Um, but yeah, it's like, I guess the big thing is just going after that point guard. Is that enough to like bring that kind of change that we're talking about in or? I don't, I don't think is so. Is that enough to I mean, start like it off? It's, it's, um, one player would never be enough, man. Like I said, you, you gotta have a united front yeah. wherever it is, you know, whoever you start with. And honestly, if, unless Mel, like whoever it is has to get Melo on board too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Knicks were at their best when Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler were there. These strong, like, vet leaders yeah. who, who, like, you know, they held guys accountable. That locker room was packed. Yeah. Marcus Gabby was there. You had Rasheed Wallace That in was there. awesome. Were, yeah. Hey, Kurt Thomas. Kurt Thomas. You yeah. know, and that that allowed Melo just to play free. Melo didn't have to worry about being a leader because they had strong natural leaders already there yeah. to, to whip guys in shape. And without that, it all fell apart. So, and that's what it comes down to, right? Like, who are you going to bring in that's that kind of guy? I don't, I don't see him out there right now. I feel like, yeah, I you know? feel like so. honestly, the person who needs to step up and be that kind of guy is Joakim Noah. Well, I was going to um, say, if you roll with, let's say, let's just say, if you roll with uh, Billy at the center position, right? He, he's shown that he could play. Let's say you, you don't want to put KP at the five, you leave him at the four, you play uh, Billy at the five, and then even O'Quinn's been solid enough. Off the bench, I mean, he's been better than Noah is, is sort of the, the bar here. So while expensive, I mean, that's sort of the only real way I could see Noah being of any value at this point is turning into the 38-year-old Marcus Camby role on the end of the bench. So my problem with that is that he is more of what they like. He'd be more of an on-court emotional leader, mm-hmm. right? He's very spirited, very outspoken. I don't think, and his personality is just not that kind of, they need the calming influence, not the fiery, let's go get him guys. He's never been that guy. Well, that's kind of, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Noah's. Yeah, with Noah, I'm confu- yeah. I'm like always confused about him, whether he's like, you know, this like pacifist, not eating with the troops kind of guy. Like, what? I'm, I just want to <laughs> know what his balance on and off the court is because he's super fired up on. And it, it's hard to, de- I guess it's hard for me to determine what kind of locker room leader he would be. I would just hope he And I think, again, I think he's very much, you know, get the players kind of together, together, but I don't know if he's the kind of, you know, like Tyson's kind of a quiet leader, you know, Tyson Chandler and Kurt Tom, those guys are just vets and they just, you know, Hey guys, we got this thing. You know, Jason Kidd was a, a set, a settle everything down. We're, we're good kind of guy. I don't see Noah being that kind of guy. I see him as being like, you know, step, stick, stick, for, sticking up for his teammates on the court, you know, um, not letting anybody punk him, take the hard foul that they need to, you know, to, to stop a score coming to the, to who's blowing up. 
So I don't know if he's really the kind of guy to keep a locker room held together because it seems like he'd be almost the kind of guy that would be fiery and, and maybe could be almost contentious in a locker room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so, a good point. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, looking, I'm looking at free agents. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, actually. I'm browsing through free agents right now, trying to find somebody. Yes. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I, so Iggy's I, not going anywhere. No. I'm looking at um, a couple Spurs yeah. guys right now. So I, I'm always, I don't think Spurs guys, are good. like, why would you ever, I, I'd play for free to play for the Spurs, you know? Like, why would you ever leave? I mean, uh, Patty you know Mills. what, Todd Gibson is going to be a free agent. Oh. Yeah, I did see Todd's going to be a free I think, agent. Patty Mills might be I nice think he's star. a kind of good locker room guy. Uh, PJ Tucker is going to be a free agent again. Um, that definitely be a kind of guy you'd want around. Um, they're not going to let Tony Allen go anywhere, probably. Uh, I, I don't think he's a free agent, but uh, what does Jared Dudley's contract look like? Because I would love one Jared Dudley in the vet, in the, the locker room. Yeah, he got some pretty good money from Phoenix, I think. For and he's he's locked up for the next couple of years. Yeah. Not like huge money, maybe seven, eight mil or something. But he's locked up. I for think a he's years on basically Phoenix. the same contract as Lance Thomas. So I don't want to. I don't think we need to get too redundant at that position. Yeah, but I love me yeah, some Jared Dudley. That's a good personality to have. Very strong, but yeah, he'd be really good there. Um, I mean, I know you don't need him, but like a guy like Udonis Haslam probably would be really good. I, you know you what? Know? It's so, so funny. It's, I was just looking. I couldn't even believe that Udonis Haslam was still playing for the Heat up until about maybe two, three days ago. I just happened to be looking through the roster. Well, go ahead and put the word playing in quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> he's, 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 he's collecting a check right now. Yeah, he's collecting a check, for, for and he's being rewarded for what he's done so long, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We could fire up the old Greg Monroe uh, machine again and try to go no. after him. Oh, God. No, no. I, I, like, I like Taj Gibson. That was, a, that was a good one. And I've liked Taj for a while when he was with Chicago, and I, I like what he's doing for uh, Oklahoma City now. Um, could, uh, bring back Metal oh. World Peace. Maybe a guy like Duran, um, Joel Anthony, the warden. Yeah. You know what I'm this is, this is, and these are just upstanding vets. They're not going to yeah. give you much on the court, but they're, yeah, I'm looking. That's that's about it, man. It's a pretty, it's not pretty, uh, sh- yeah. You know who I like? Sean Livingston is unrestricted, too. I'm, Do you think he I leaves, think, though? Yeah, because I don't know yeah. if, I don't know. Look at Kevin, look at Golden State's like unrestricted list here. They got Matt Barnes, uh, they got Steph Curry, they got Ian Clark, they got Kevin Durant, Iguodala, Sean Livingston, McGee, Pachulia, West. Like they gotta pay they got uh, some guys are gonna be out of there. I know they got rights on some guys, but if they win, they're gonna pay him. Um and I think if they even get to the finals, I think Sean's a big part of what they do. And they don't they you know, he 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 brings he, that that same thing to their bench, that 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 kind of calming influence and that mid range game is uh, you know, it's a nice fallback to to it's a safety relief. So I don't, I don't think, I think they're going to give him some, you know, a decent, a fair contract, and because they can overpay to keep him, right? He's, is he restricted, or unrestricted? Uh, no, he's under, um, he's unrestricted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. unrestricted. Ooh. But yeah. they still have his bird rights, which means, you know, oh, man, it's tough. I, it, I, it, I still it think is. they keep him. I think they, I think they probably think pony so up a little bit more for, uh, for Iggy and Sean, and then the the rest of those guys like Zaza and uh, David West, like. It, those are the, the last couple of pieces you want to shuffle around, but those first couple guys off your bench, those core guys, you got you got to pony up. This is your window, you know, to really build this dynasty, and they're kind of vital to what they do. So I think you got to just pay a little extra, keep them around, and then those rest of the guys just keep kind of bargain shopping. Where do you think Darren Williams lands after his Cleveland stint is over? Um, again, if they get to the finals and win it, uh, I don't see why they wouldn't try to, and he's, a, you know, he actually is a, a, a decent part of that. Yep. I don't see why they wouldn't try to bring him back. 
otherwise, I mean, he's in that he's in that that twilight of his career where he's he's gonna make a good backup, but you don't want to give him long minutes. I mean, a lot of teams could use a, a point guard like that, right? Um, to be honest, I think he might go back could, to Utah, but I don't think uh, they want him there for the simple fact that I think they they don't want us. They don't they they like what they're seeing from Exum right now. That's so true. Yeah, they yeah. don't keep. Yeah, if they don't keep Hill, um, which I know they're trying to do too, I think Favors might be the odd man out there. And uh, you know what? If Favors is odd man out, if if the Knicks can find a way to get a Derek Favors to go with Chris Dapps, would be that'd be awesome. That would be cool if he's healthy. That would be awesome. Yeah, but so, that's yeah, it. I mean, sure. I'm scrolling up and down through this free agent list right now, and there's like, isn't hold on? Isn't Derek uh, Derek Favors like 26? He is. He's pretty young, but he's having he's been having knee issues the last couple of years. Yeah, but I I don't know. I just well, I think I saw he was 25 or 26 uh, last week, and I remember I kind of gasped because I feel like he's been in the league forever, you know? He came I, in, I think. I, th- I want to say he was a straight-out of high school kid, or he did one year of college, so he, I think he came in at, like, 18. So, yeah, he's been, he's been in the league for, yeah. like, seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of some Jeremy Lin news, by the way, he just sprained his ankle and won't be back to the game he, uh, oh, God damn right now, so... Uh oh, oh that might be another guy I lose on my fantasy team for the entire year. James, He's let me tell everybody. you the guys I've lost this year include Zach Levine, Kevin Durant, uh Joel Embiid, Joakim Noah, Dwayne Wade. Well, Noah's not really a loss. I think he gained something there. He just helped me with rebounds. He gained something there, yeah. He was giving me some rebounds. Was I, really? I gotta give him that. He was. For a couple of games, he was giving me some rebounds. I had a, a couple of games is the is the key well, phrasing. You there. know, like when I'm like looking through my score sheet at the end of the night and I see like I get 10, 11 boards from Noah, I'm gonna be I, I was pretty stoked on those nights, but there are no more, so let's not even worry about it. Wouldn't be surprised. I'm pretty sure overall he was a he was a net negative for you. Yeah. Pretty sure. Probably. I didn't have very many centers. <laughs> I spent like 85 bucks on Kevin Durant. It was not a great draft. Um, oh. All right. So moving on, what else we got today? Um, oh, yeah. Let's let's hop back on the Chris Ops train just, just for a second here. It's been So we got a lot of bigs. I'm always interested to see like outside perspective on this. I know we think his growth is kind of stunted right now. Uh, but there's so many good bigs right now. Like, where do you see him ranking up with all these like young dudes, like Jokic and you know Towns? Obviously, is you know p- pretty wide gap ahead. But you know, there's all these other guys going on. Yeah, Towns Town is the yeah Towns is the crown jewel. Um, and it's funny because I remember there were Denver guys who were touting, "Hey, Jokic's almost just as good as Chris Dapps last year." And everybody kind of told him, "Shut up, you're just Denver guys. You're just you know you're homers." But it's Jokic's awesome. He He's and so cool. I think. We're seeing he's leading a team into the playoffs this year, so that's kind of, that that kind of has to elevate him to that. You know, honestly, in a lot of ways, you could say is he more impactful than than in Quality Towns? Impactful, maybe. I don't think he's as good as Quality mm-hmm. Towns because he's not a good defender yet. But um, so Yo kicks up there, I think. Um, and with Chris Epps right now, it's just that we we haven't seen everything he can do, man. He, it's it's not about him, so it kind of it kind of stinks that. He's definitely he's definitely still you know right there with those two guys. He's the, you know the unicorn, the shot blocking, the shooting threes, and when I watch him sometimes, like I wonder how does he not score twenty five a game? Then some yeah. games he's just not very aggressive, or you know the jumper's not dropping and he just sounds he just kind of floats. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, until he gets that consistency, then he, he's up there though. I mean, Miles Turner, Miles is, Turner's uh, awesome too. You know, he, I like he's Miles awesome Turner. too, but he's like the next level down. He just, I don't think he can. He just doesn't. Um, I don't know. Take up the space and like dominate. Like you, you know what Chris Epps on the floor. Sometimes you can forget Miles Turner's on the floor. Right, Turner has his uh, space quite as well either. 
Yeah, he's he shoots. He's not. He's a nice long range two shooter, but he's not. He's not out. He's not out the three, and he's not. He doesn't have the quick trigger right. that Chris Depps has. You know, the interesting um, thing about Jokic too is that um, I always see Jokic and KP. They're always the ones that get compared, and I find it funny because uh, I think Jokic. It, you're exactly right about him being more impactful right now because they're utilizing him so perfectly in Denver. I think. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just the polar opposite because if you look at like the raw numbers, you could be like, well, yeah, well, KP's having you know eighteen, seven or eight boards, a couple of blocks. He's a lead at rim protecting. And you look at that, and you're like, well, you know, is Jokic really there yet? But then if you watch these games, especially this, uh, ever since he kind of ripped that starting job from uh, Nurkic, you know, yeah. he's been he's been fantastic, and you're finally he's- getting to see him play full time in exactly his right position and exactly the right scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the passing. That that the passing is what sets him apart. He's such a good passer and a willing passer. I'm not saying Chris Epps is not, but we just haven't we haven't seen it. He doesn't have the ball in his hands enough to try to be a playmaker and to maybe develop that some more. But yeah, the passing really puts Noki, uh Jokic in like a class almost of his own, actually. And that's he has why such I a good feel for it. It's so fun to watch him yeah. pass, man. It's crazy, dude. He throws passes. I've I've I mean, veteran. Big man like Marcus, he, he throws passes I wouldn't see Marcus Soul throw. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Remember when we thought we were gonna have sweet passes like that when we uh, signed Joakim Noah? Oh, we did, boy. we did in that one game against the Grizzlies. Yeah. He had like two or three, and then that was it. He got them all out of the way early, and then he emptied Dungeons. the chamber. I wonder how many assists so. he finished with on the season. Honestly, I want to look that up. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So all right. We we've spent a lot of time talking about teams that aren't the uh, aren't the Knicks and you know are the Nuggets and teams like that. But let's jump on the Celtics. Um, I want to. I just I, yeah. Well, I I want to know a perspective as a Celtics fan. We always see things within our own bubble here. So what what do you what are your thoughts on your team right now, James? Um, I found I found NBA fans in where I used to really kind of like get down in the weeds about you know this win that win and draft position and and uh you know can we beat this team and our offensive rating none of that really matters because uh, uh, we have a strong front office um mm-hmm. and you know i was people were raging about the celtics not getting jimmy butler or paul george and from my perspective it's like everything they've done so far in the last few years has led to us being a better team and we're winning look at yep. the, the, the track record look at the track record so even if I don't understand why you wouldn't just make a move for Jimmy Butler right now, even if I think it's it's worth giving up those picks, Ainge has something in this up his sleeve, and or he's happy with the way things are because we're a better team than we were last year. We're going well, to be yeah. a little better in the playoffs than we were that last year. So what? Um, what kind of? So just kind of staying on that Jimmy Butler, Paul George kind of thing. What what kind of deal would have been all right for you? Oh, I'd give it all, all up. up. They could they could have both. They could, well, they could have both picks. Uh, both picks, Jalen Brown, and then either. Either Crowder or Bradley. Really, that much? Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. Why not? You're, you're getting a you're getting an all star. You're getting like a top ten player back. Yeah, right. I'd have been fine with that. I mean, I, I would hope to get you know less than that, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna make the move, make the move. All right. You know what I'm saying? We don't need. So I'd have been happy with that. Um, you know, and and of course, either that or one of the picks, and then some combination of Brown and Crowder or Brown and Smart or Brown or something like that. Yeah, I'd give a lot for him. Jimmy Butler's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just, like, okay, so you think that you would have had a better chance to win, like, this year or next with Jimmy Butler or Paul George rather than developing the core out a couple more seasons? 
Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's those those guys are all coming. Bradley's gonna get paid um, next summer. He wants to get paid next summer. Isaiah wants to get paid next summer. Crowder's already rattling for an extension. He wants him to tear up with his his contract now, which is criminally yeah. low. And he wants to get some more. He wants to get paid. Um, Smart needs to get paid, I think, next summer. So it's it it's getting to the point where the, the whole advantage that you have that you that you pretty much uh, fleeced three guys, Isaiah, Bradley, and Crowder. That advantage will be gone in, in like true. two years. So I mean, yeah, you got to shoot for the moon sooner or later, right? you know. And people keep saying, "Oh, Crowder's contract's so valuable, you got to keep him." Well, no, that's when you move him. Yep, because that's when the value is the highest. That's when the value is the highest, right? You you can. So uh, I'm, but I'm happy with the team. I, I love the team right now. They're they're good. They're fun. There's some there's glaring flaws, right? Having a five eight best player is, is always um is not ideal, and it shows at times. But the guys, you know, even now he's cooled off a lot. But he's still averaging 25 points a game. That's any team twenty five and six. That's awesome. Yeah. You'd want that for your team. No, I, so, I um, he's insane. I'm in, I'm so jealous that the Celtics have Isaiah Thomas after he's bounced around for so long. Honestly, it, it's frustrating oh. because I, I'm supposed we we've always hated the Celtics and I like for example Paul Pierce. I despise Paul Pierce. Like every bone in my body hates Paul Pierce. <laughs> you know, like so so then after a couple of years of trying to re-identify themselves, they land uh you know I, the the next Isaiah here it two. And uh, he's incredible, and he's so much fun to watch. Like, and, and that's frustrating because it's conflicting inside of me. <laughs> but but he's he is he's so much fun. Like you can't, and he's doing it so efficiently. I know again, say what you want about defense, but you know he kind of is the machine that you know he's he's helping them run right now, and he's just efficient, and he's just lights out. And I thought he was gonna like tail off a little bit earlier, like probably like fifteen twenty games ago. I thought we were gonna start seeing him tail off, but he's just he's not. It's well, just, he kind of no, has. He's since the All Star break, he's he's become mortal. He's you know twenty five points a game, forty two percent instead of forty eight for nine percent. But that's it. It was it was to be expected, though. You know, what I mean, you, he was averaging like thirty three a game for like a, a big thirty game chunk. Yeah. So it's still so, but, but, so yeah, like my, yeah. So my thing with the, the Celtics right now is it's um they're they're even I think adding Butler it would have gave us a better chance, of course. But I mean, just let me let me just say the words to you. So. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love square off against Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I get it. It is not just a name factor. It's we'd have been better, but uh, we still there's no we don't need to, we don't have a shot blocker. We still have rebounding mm-hmm. issues. Um, and somehow since also break everything's flip flopped. Well, the offense was great and the defense was bad. Now the offense is terrible and the defense is like top six. So I, there's glaring holes on the roster. There's a, we need a rebounder, shot blocker. We could use more shooting. But it is what it is. I'm happy. And then guess what? Next year we're picking, and we might have like a Markel Fultz in the in the in the house. So I mean, so many options. Yeah. Building off the free agent thing before, who would you like to see them go after for that shot blocker rebounder? I don't know why they didn't make a, a move for Nerlens Noel. Well, I kind of I know why because they didn't want to pay him this summer. He's going to get paid like 17 to 22 mm-hmm. million probably. And yeah, and Dallas is going to pay him. Yeah, so that's a lot of money. So. Um, let's look at that free agent list again because I'm not sure even who's available. Um, Amir Johnson has to go. I love the guy's effort. I love his heart, but he's he's, he's not a very good player anymore. Um, same thing with Serge, right? Like Serge would have been a perfect fit, but I, I guess they don't want to pay him this summer, which is understandable because I it's think it's understandable. I think he didn't sign anything. Just, he didn't sign the extension with Toronto or anything yet, though, no. right? He'll be available. no, no, not yet. But no. they're going they're going to pay him though. I think they're yep. going to pay him. I think. Uh, you know what? Maybe a guy like uh, Patrick Patterson. Uh, he gonna, yeah. I think he's up for a big raise too. He's gonna get a lot of money. Um, no, no to Roy Hibbert. Um, <laughs> you can see how Larry Sanders James Johnson, uh, pants out in Cavaliers. 
I think, but see, I think if that's the case, they'll have like his bird rights, I think, right? But I don't know. Oh, yeah, they have a team option for him. That's right. Yeah, so the big thing is the money, right? But I think Boston wants to try to keep the cap down kind of low because they're still trying to make different kind of moves. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking at the list. There's not a lot of, I mean, no no to JaVale McGee. I was was just about to say you got JaVale. You know, unless he's dirt cheap and we can try it. We've seen that he can actually be part of a winning team, so that's not terrible, but I don't want to be playing him more than 15 minutes a night. Um, like a guy like Jermichael Green, they're not going to let him walk out of out of Memphis. So, no, there's not a lot of uh, quality free agents. Oh, you don't You know what's funny? Are you guys? No, hell no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy that played in college. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Prince. He played for oh, Texas. Oh, I know you're talking about and, what's his last name. Yeah, I I was surprised no team took a shot on him. Did he go back to college? What do you do? But um, because he was like seven foot tall, raw a raw athlete, he could jump out the gym kind of. But his hands were like stones, and I thought somebody would take a flyer on him. So I, I I don't know if he went back to school or what, but I haven't heard his name since the draft. Yeah. Um. So I mean, maybe they can find a a guy in the weeds like that. I typed know? in. So, I just typed uh, in Prince basketball player, and I got Tayshaun uh-huh. Prince first of all. And then everything else is about the <laughs> Prince Chappelle show sketch. Oh, okay. <laughs> Games blast. I put in Prince, Prince Texas basketball and I got it. So it's going to come up here in a okay. second. Prince eBay. Okay. I-B-E-H. Okay. Prince I- or eBay. What happened to him? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no. This, I guess he's still with the Texas. Oh, I guess he went back to school. Oh, yeah. I guess he probably didn't get a good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he went back to school. Okay. Huh. Cool. Well, all right. Okay. So we got... So, all right. So, my question about the the Nets pick, yeah, the uh, the one for this year is: are, Do the Celtics are they drafting for like NBA ready guy, or are they are they trying to take the best player available for the future? I've just the, the Celtics oh, window is confusing. Yeah, I, it's always uh, I, we have no clue what Ainge is really thinking because I mean, you're, if you're drafting top three, you you can't you, you got to just take kind of who's there, right? You can't mm-hmm. you can't sit back and say, oh, I I need a player that's the seventh pick, so I'm going to pick here. So either you trade back the pick or you kind of just take the best player available. So it's going to be probably Fultz. I hope it's not Lonzo Ball. Um, you don't want to, yeah, I, don't want, just, I, I don't want Lonzo either. Nobody wants to have yeah. LeVar Ball on their team? It's not even that. I'm just, I, I don't know how his games are trying to pros. I get it. He's a great passer. He's a winner, all this stuff. But just that, that weird flaky jump shot, I don't, I don't know. It's got, yeah, he's got a weird form. And I think that everybody, I hate the fact that they do this every year. Cause like, let's think about how they talked about Evan Turner when he came out. Mm-hmm. Let's think about how they talked about Daniel Russell when he came out and they called the next, the next James Harden. Everything is bigger when it's it, like the pick, you know, these players are, we, we put them on this, you know, this best case scenario thing. And when it doesn't turn out that way, we, you know, we call them bust. It's not really fair to them. So, um, yeah, I think they're, they're going to have to, and then the cho- they have a choice to make if they pick a guy like Fultz. Because then, do you, why are you going to give Isaiah Thomas twenty five mil if if you got your star right. in training here? That's true. You know, and Brown's got to get paid in a few years, so it's it's hey, it's it's going to be a lot of moving parts in the next couple of years with Boston, and some you know some there's going to be big changes in the next couple of years with that roster, but it's going to have to happen. But that's just that's how it goes, man. Yeah, you can only hold on to something for so long. Um, well, with that with that being said, and you guys have kind of stumbled into uh, another fi- or fifty one season here and the you compete for the two seed um let's quickly touch on the raptors and wizards now the raptors we kind of knew were going to be the two or three seed the whole year and then they made some pretty good moves at the deadline to kind of keep pace with things 
But uh, the Wizards kind of just, after a kind of hapless start, kind of just skyrocketed to the top of the conference here. Yeah, so uh, who who do you think is more of a legit threat to Boston and in the Eastern Conference out of the two of them? Um, I got to go Toronto for the fact that they've built that equity for the last couple of years, no matter what. And right now they're without their best player because, yes, Kyle Lowry is better than DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, they're struggling a little bit right now. But if, when he comes back and, you know, with, with the addition of Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker, they're going to be really tough, I think. It, they need time to gel, and hopefully he gets back in time. But, yeah, they're going to be really tough. The Wizards, so you remember there was a time when the Clippers started off the season, the Clippers were like the best team in the NBA. Right. And yep. there was a time where I think the Rockets went on the streak when they, they ran off like 13 wins in 15 games and they looked unbeatable. Yeah. We see teams do this all the time. And sure, the Wizards had a nice, like, really, I think since de- from December until the All Star break, the Wizards were like the best team in the NBA as far as record wise. And they were up there in, you know, defense and offense. But that's just you, you playing your very best. Right? And they're just not very deep. Um, I don't think Brandon Jennings is a good addition for them because, as you guys know from watching Brandon Jennings, he's not very good. Nope. Um, yeah, just flashes. so they're not. They're, yeah, he's he's very flashy, and people seem to love him for some reason. But yeah, Otto Porter's good. Bill's good. Wall is awesome. Gortat's very good. Other than that, that's basically that's that's it for them. And I, I don't know if they can all maintain that level of production deep into the playoffs. I, I gotta go with Toronto over Washington. Okay, who is the shooter that the the Wizards picked up? Wasn't it uh, Bogdanovich? Yeah. Oh, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bogdanovich has been a huge addition. So you're right. So. They did get it hel- but they got deeper. It helps, but they still aren't that deep either. They're not. He's the only player really off the bench you really worry about, even though he's amazing. So it's, it's yeah. He's almost playing like a starter. Um, with Mark with Morris, you never know what you're gonna get from one night to another. You know, Markeith. So um, I, hey, maybe this is the year Wall really bosses up and says I'm a you know I'm a top ten player and and he stops being overlooked and he runs him deep in the playoffs. Maybe I I just, I just don't I don't know. I just know that sure with the the problem that Boston has as far as rebounding and rim protection, we'd be in trouble against a team like Washington because you know Wall can get to the rim. Beal's an awesome shooter. So yeah, I, I still go Toronto though. I still think Toronto is probably the one that can really maybe 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 push Cleveland a little bit. Well, that, well, that was what I was gonna follow up with. Better chance, who do you think uh, than uh, Boston or Toronto? Um, with Boston again, man, it's it's so hard when they're so dependent on one guy. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah has to give you 30, 35, or else you don't have a chance against Cleveland. Yeah. While uh, Toronto has those two guns, right? You know, Kyle can give you 25. DeRozan can give you 35. And now they got Serge. You can pop off and give you a quick 16 to 18. And uh, Valenciunas, uh, yeah, Valenciunas can, can give you a quick 15 to 18. They have so many more weapons, I think, in Toronto. And they, those guys have been battle tested. They, went, they, went, they took two games off Cleveland last year in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that means something. They looked really Cleveland good in the playoffs was, against was, them last year. Yeah, they were invincible up until that point. So, yep. yeah. So they took two games off of them. That that matters. And now they added Serge and PJ. That's just you know some more defensive versatility. They can go small now, and they can put Serge at center and play uh, Pat Pat Patrick Patterson at power forward. They could do a lot of things. So. Yeah, you know what? Like I, they've been a little quiet the last couple of weeks, but looking kind of taking a look at them now that you're running it through, they are a pretty deep team. They're a little deeper than I was giving them credit for. Yeah, yeah, man. Corey Joseph started, not the yeah. ideal, but when he's come off the bench, going to get second units, you know.
You guys all froze up yeah, for a Yeah, I second. lost you for a moment, too. Yeah, that got weird. All right, well, we're back. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Rolling through. Well, anyway, I don't know. What else have we got here? I think that's about that's about all we got going on. What's up with you, James? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been slacking, man. I'm doing the podcast for that, the Truth Podcast with Almighty Bob, uh, Baller uh, Podcast Network. I've been doing the Press Basketball Podcast over at uh, Press Basketball. And uh, for b-ball breakdown, I've been I've been playing hooky, and I know Jesse's gonna slap me because <laughs> I have to start writing more. Um, real, hey, I want to say this: Milwaukee's gonna be a tough out. Yeah, you think so? Uh, in the playoffs, I think so, man. Giannis and Chris Middleton together, and Malcolm Brogdon really stepping up. I, I don't think they're gonna be a, they're not gonna be a pushover. I, don't think. I, I I'm so like the thing that's hurt me the most about this season is Jabari Parker going down. Yes, I've talked about it a couple it, it, of times. But, oh sucks. man, that hurt me like deep when I saw that happen. I mean, uh, I'm not I even a Bucks so fan or anything kid. either, but yeah, yeah, he's and he's so fun to watch, man. Yeah. He I, he, when people always try to say the next mellow, he's the closest thing because he was so quick and he's so strong. Yeah, and of course he's not. I'm not disrespecting Mellow because Mellow at his at his top, Mellow was a like, one of the best scores I've ever seen, yeah. but. Parker was just had that kind of mellow kind of physical bully ball game to him too, and it sucks to see that happen. I'm to hoping him. he comes back. I mean, twice as hard, especially in that same leg. But I'm hoping that he comes back with the same kind of fire. It, it just well, it just sucks because in today's day and age, like an ACL tear when you're young isn't the end of the world anymore. So he came back from the first one. You're like, and we didn't really think twice about it because we're like, okay, well he's young. You know, he had that one year to come back, and then this year he looked refreshed. And everyone, you know, we we saw he was fine. He was fine, and he was healthy. It was great. And then to tear the same one, it was the same one, right? Yeah, yeah it's the same one. And, same leg. and like that's that's like the shittiest thing. Like I, uh, of all the injuries that you would have rather had in that situation, uh, if anything, and then you, you tear the same ACL. It's, it, it is. It's heartbreaking. And as an yeah. NBA fan, it sucks. And for him, it sucks. I mean, it's kind of selfish to think of it from a fan perspective. But for him, it sucks. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's still young enough and, and he can salvage this thing. But that it's hard. Where do you think they end up finishing? It was like six through six through like ten right now is such a like toss up. I think um, they can make it to six seed even. Yeah, I think they could take the Pacers over. Where they at? Now? I, yeah, the Pacers. Yeah, honestly, and this is not again. I'm not taking shots, but when I saw the Pacers, the Knicks lost to the Nets, and then the Pacers lost to the Knicks. I was like, I'm done with the I'm done with the Pacers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Milwaukee's in eighth right now. Detroit's right behind them at ninth. They're a game. Behind. The Heat's a game fact, up on them, but they have the same record. Same record. Yeah, they he got the tiebreaker. Yeah. Um. So the the Pacers have a game and a half cushion with like what thirteen, fourteen games left. So yeah. I don't, it's it's just because um, like those ma- it's like you know Bucks against Cavs are gonna do you know nothing. They can maybe knock a game off of the Cavs. I think maybe, but obviously they're not taking them. But yeah, I'm, somebody tell that dog. He's, somebody tell that dog he's a good dog. Yeah. Oh Thank God, you. I I will after. I will after because <laughs> give him a treat. Yeah. Calm him down. So you good dog. What's good your dog's dog name, Kyle? So yeah. What's what's the dog's name? It it's sugar. Sugar. It's it's sugar. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad yeah, to have sorry sugar. About that. Today. Yeah, it, it, it's it's sugar. I've had better dog names. This isn't a good one. It's sugar. That's not a very good one, man. So so I'm looking at the Bucks. <laughs> are eight and, they're eight and two in their last ten. Miami's seven and three in the last ten. The Pacers are five and five. If the Pacers don't get it together, yeah, you, you're definitely right. They could definitely drag. I think there's a chance if the Pacers don't, you know, really pull up their bootstraps that both teams pass them and, and Pacers end up falling out. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, I don't get I don't get the Pacers. I, I don't get. 
I don't get the makeup of the roster. I guess I, I don't and understand. That's where they messed up. Yep, that's. I think they, they shouldn't have let uh, Mahimney walk. Yeah, they needed that kind of center to go with Miles Turner. They should have just paid the man some money and kept him, um, injury or not. They, you know, they try to get Paul uh, Paul George to play power forward, even though he obviously didn't want to. And that's where I think they screwed everything up. Uh, Bird had this this thing in his mind where you know, hey, Paul George will be our power forward of the future. Stretch. He wasn't with it, and that's you. you no matter what, before you start making moves, you got to make sure that your, your personnel is on board, especially when he's your star. And that's where I think the, the paces went wrong. They might lose Paul George in two summers for that very reason. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think he's out of there unless something drastic happens. I think he's out of there. He just does not seem happy at all. He seems like a player who's you know, trying to be a professional and showing you, hey, I, you know, he's showcasing himself and he's doing what he can, but his heart doesn't seem to be in it. And that's when you're in trouble. When your star loses – like just like that, you're in trouble as a franchise. So let's hope for their sake that they turn it around this summer. I mean, I don't really. I'm not yeah. hoping for them for anything. It's no <laughs> rival <me. laughs> As an NBA fan, I like him in Indiana because uh, you know Indiana has a pretty rich history, and he's a homegrown kid there. He's been there as far as you know. They drafted him there, and they they nurtured him up to an All Star level. So I, I would hate to see them lose him, but everybody's really hard headed. Yeah. As a Knicks, as a <laughs> Knicks fan, sure. as a Knicks fan, I wouldn't be upset if I saw Paul George, Miles Turner, and Larry Bird leave Indiana. I, I, yeah, but you know how this is—you know how this is gonna go. It's like we're gonna be like rooting for Paul George to leave, and then he goes to the Celtics, and then you know, yeah. like then then, yeah. then then it didn't really do anything for us. Then we're just kind of then we gotta be mad at the Celtics even more. You know, like good. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's only two options right now. He's he, he's, he's going, he's going, he's going, to, go going to, to L.A. or he's, he's going, going to L.A. Or, Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Oh. L.A. or the Celtics. That's it. There's nothing else, in my opinion. L.A. can things could always change, but L.A. can have him. Yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened. Boogie ended up on the Pelicans, so I'm, it is what it is. It's, yeah, I I got no hope left for that. I mean, like we're, I think that's what we're about ten games into I that whole he, thing happening, but I'm just already lost all hope for the boogie AD. No, no, it's gonna be all right, man. They need more shooters. Um, so I say I say that as an optimist, as a boogie, as a boogie uh, optimist, because he's so talented, it seems to be almost impossible to think. It, he goes with a team like this, and it just sucks, and it sucks right now. They're not very good with him right now, but they need more shooters. They need an off season together, a training camp. Um, you know, I think maybe. Uh, more time with Drew Holiday, and they might need a new coach. I don't think Gentry's the guy for them, maybe. But uh, yeah, just, just just putting two guys like him and Brow together can't be a failure. It's hard to think that. And if it is, that's a really indictment on Boogie, right? I, I'm gonna say yeah, because I mean New Orleans. I mean New Orleans was playing okay after that abysmal start because Drew was missing. You know, they they kind of turned it around a little bit. They were at least in contention for the eighth seed, and mm-hmm. then yeah, for for Boogie to come in and then. For them to be terrible, not just bad, but like terrible. Well, that's my that's, thinking. They need to show some flashes there before uh, Drew hits free just, agency because he's so, gonna leave. If didn't they, they just? Did, oh, I was gonna say, didn't they beat Houston the other day? But I think they beat Houston without Boogie, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. He was suspended. Yeah, because yeah. Yikes! Because he, um, he, he, uh, he got that uh, 19th technical, and I don't think they rescinded it. At least not immediately. Yikes. Yeah, I, I'm just worried about him leaving. And also, I just noticed when we were just saying there, I. I used to be the optimistic one on this podcast. Like when we started this thing up towards the beginning of the season, like I was the one who was saying like, no, this will all work out. Just give them time. Give them time. And you just made me realize right there, James, that I am no, I am nowhere near as optimistic as I used to be about just the NBA in general is when we started this podcast. I don't know what's happened to me. My, and then what happened yeah, to you? You became so. a realist. Yeah. And the Knicks. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I think I'm it happens every year boogie. around this time. 
It, uh, you know what? And it's it's like clockwork, dude. It's like Groundhog's Day with with Knicks fans, and it's just not it's just not shot Knicks fans. Knicks fans have the Knicks have the best fans in the world because they're passionate and they they will stand up and and fight for their team no matter what. That's a, like, that's a good thing. But it's just that like, the fact that they they pull they pull the Lucy Charlie Brown with you guys every year. They hold that football, and you guys come <laughs> running. You think that you're gonna kick it every year, and every year the Knicks pull that football from you. And and God bless you. You keep trying. You keep <laughs> We're stuck in a hopeless, abusive relationship, man. Yeah, it's, it's dude. Yeah, but it is what it, it is. is. What it is. But uh, that I think you know what that sounds like a good place to end this off. It is what it is. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, I think that's about it for us, though. Um, anything else from you guys? Uh no, just you guys can follow me on Twitter at Holders Hoops and check out B Ball Breakdown and Press Basketball and yep. the Almighty Baller Podcast Network and that's about it. All right, cool. And you know you guys can follow us over at the Knicks Wall on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. Check out the site. Uh, you can file a follow Kyle. Kyle is at Maggio NBA on Twitter. You can follow me. Wish I was Corbo because everyone knows that they do. And uh, I think we'll be back. We'll be back next week for you guys. So um, thanks for coming on again, James. Yep. Thanks a lot, brother. Fellas, appreciate having me on, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks a lot. And Kyle, it was good uh, Good talking to you again. Sure. And that's it. We'll talk to you all later. All right. Take care, fellas. Peace.